and you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardward Human Serviette Radio Show. That was the Dead Vampires from their finally released We Are the Dead Vampires CD with the track Closed Casket. The Dead Vampires from Seattle, Washington, 90125. Today in the Nardward Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with Peter Elkis, who is playing tonight with Joel Plaskett at the Commodore Ballroom. Before some Peter Elkis action, I wanted to play something on the theme of, yes, we're going right back to the Bickersons, who we played last week. Something along that theme, and it is called Music for Biscuits. Well, not really along the theme of the Bickersons. And actually, if you want to do check out the Bickersons, go to citr.ca, click on podcasts, and you can listen to last week's show, last week's Nardwater Human Service Radio Show, and you can hear the Bickersons. Just thought I'd mention that because we on CITR are so proud of www.citr.ca. In fact, we're having the National Campus Community Radio Association Conference in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada next month in June, and it's going to be the first time we hosted it in 15 years. There's going to be some great speakers, a whole bunch of great rock and roll gigs as well. And you listening to CITR, you might think, well, how do I get involved with CITR? How do I become a DJ? Well, just come on down to the conference or come on down to CITR and you can get involved in this whole thing. It's not just you for to listen to, it's for you to participate. And right here we have something in the participation vein. It is Music for Biscuits. Lost Advertising and Rare Film Sounds by Mike Sams and the Mike Sam's Singers. Now, what exactly this is, is a dude a few years ago was going to a garage sale and he found a whole bunch of tapes. This was in, in England. I'm just summarizing this totally wrong. Actually, it wasn't really a garage sale, really. But there's a lot of bunch of interesting liner notes you can read about here. For instance, this particular album has a peculiar history. We have to go back a few years and we have to travel southwest to Regate in Surrey. I'd been on the trail of Mike Sams, the legendary vocalist, for some while. He'd made some fine LPs and odd recordings throughout his prolific and long career. And being the nosy sort, I thought I'd go out and find him and have a chat about his musical life. That time, sadly, forgotten. My investigations had taken me as far as his neighbour, a fine fellow by the name of Gordon. He'd been looking after Mike for a while, as Mike had no close family, and I discovered that Mike had just been admitted to hospital. He wasn't well at all. Gordon told me he'd mention me to Mike, and we'd better all meet up when Mike was better. A couple months later, I had a weird call from Gordon. He told me to come to Regate. Immediately, Mike had died. Sam's home had been ransacked. House clearances had been in and taken anything of value, and everything left was to be skipped and destroyed by the end of the week. Gordon was so insistent that I came to Regate. So the next day, and through a bright, crisp winter morning, I drove with morbid curiosity to meet Gordon outside Orchard End. Mike Sam's Regate home and was given a fuller fuller story of what had passed. In other words, he came into Mike's house and took a whole bunch of great tapes, which you're going to hear right now. The music you're going to hear as you listen to this album unravel, you'll hear a number of products. This is from Britain, specifically Tuck Biscuits, Loxine Shampoo, Timex Watches, Golden Sovereign Cigarettes, the cheapest on the market, Now, these are without the doubt recordings for early TV advertising. Some of the other longer products base cues, such as Pink Marble Shield and Dulux Super. 
Three were for trade usage only and could well have been played out at launch fairs or trade shows. Other longer musical cues from the youth came from a reel found in Mike Sam's box simply marked Youth Film. As already explained, we believe this to be a short, maybe 40-minute movie about adolescence. And mighty fine it is, too. So again, here are some selections from Music for Biscuits. And the gentleman that discovered all this and deserves all the credit for finding all this is Johnny Trunk from 2006. Johnny Trunk writes on the so truncated version of the liner notes of Music for Biscuits. Lost advertising and Rare Film Sounds by Mike Sams and the Mike Sams Singer. So we're going to play a whole bunch of that. Then we're going to be joined by Peter Elkison and we'll probably play a whole bunch more of Music for Biscuits on the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show. Five pounds nineteen and six. It's a gift, it's a timex. Only eighty seven and six. It's a gift, it's a timex. Only seventy three shillings. It's a gift, it's a timex. Timex is the gift. Super 3, Faith, 
the Super Three, Stalin, Churchill, Roosevelt. The world will never see their like. Seacom, Sellers, and Spike. Aldrin, Collins, and Armstrong. The Super Three. Double knitting pattern and ask for double knitting. But double check. Check its pure new wool. Check its Peyton's double knitting. It shows you care. Why can't I get things really white again? Week after week, my whites seem to get grayer. Hello, Sue. You've got gathering gray. You need new extra power fairy snow with perberate. Why? Because it's charged with perberate plus, which penetrates right through the grayness that gathers and gets white to the heart of your wash. Look, even if we wash the towel inside this pillowcase, fairy snow will penetrate and get rid of the gathering gray. Some hope. Fairy snow gets straight. It's got perberate. It gets white to the heart of the wash. Says you. I do. Extra power fairy snow with perberate. There's not a single fiber it won't penetrate. It's white. Beautifully white. Because new extra power fairy snow with perberate plus penetrates right through gathering gray and gets white to the heart of the wash. When you feel like you're up in the clouds, when you're feeling really terrific, then there's only one drop that will do. The terrific draft, Heineken, cool and golden, with its real lager flavor, world-famous flavor, Heineken. When you're feeling terrific, it must be Heineken.
love to hear the southern sound. The sound of selling. It's music to every guestman's ear. Yeah. For cookers, fires, the drums are beating. The temples are hot, one for central heating. A tune in tune with tomorrow so loud and clear. That's the selling sound of southern gas this year. The southern sound. The sound of progress. The natural sound from that North Sea. The southern sound. The sound of service. The big opus of opportunity. Yeah. The sound of products with real attraction. The mighty crescendo of showroom action. A driving rhythm that's driving on in Turkey. That's the selling sound of southern. You're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardward Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard a whole bunch of selections from Music for Biscuits, Lost Advertising and Rare Film Sounds by Mike Sams and the Mike Sams Singers. The rare tracks on this album were rescued from near-certain destruction. They came from the home of legendary vocalist Mike Sams, just after he had died. His home had been ransacked by house cleaners and house clearers, and all that was left was to be skipped and burnt. The intrepid Johnny Trunk found these tapes in amongst the rubbish, saved them, and is now thrilled to be able to present some of the finest British advertising recordings ever made. Tracks date from the mid-60s to the mid-70s and include such lost gems as Vespa motorcycles and lost gems such as Vespa motorcycles, they're still rocking hard, and international harvester tractors. There's booze, ciggies, paint, and chocolate tunes just waiting for you inside. We've even included the soundtrack from a rare film known as Youth. This CD is a touch jazzy, a little insane, wonderfully scatty, and dangerously addictive. You'll be singing these hooky little tracks for years to come. And we heard Ariel... Tuck Crackers, Timex, Deluxe Super 3 with vocals, First Lady, Patton's Ferry, Heineken, Vespa, Southern Sound. And now, joining us on the line is, hello, caller, are you there? Hello, caller, are you there? I am here. Do you hear me? Yes. Who are you, caller? My, my name is Peter Elkis, Nardwar. Welcome to the Nardwar Human Serviette Radio Show, Peter. Thank you very much. And you are playing tonight in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. That's right. I know. It's going to be really fun. I'm playing at, uh, or I hope it is, we're going to be playing at the Commodore, uh, opening for Joel Plaskett and the Joel Plaskett Emergency. Now, after me playing all this advertising music, it made me think to ask you, have you done any advertising music at all? Are you interested in advertising music? Have you been approached for any advertising stuff, Peter? No, uh, not to my knowledge. I mean, I don't think I have, unless unless I'm not remembering something. I, I, I am... I'm probably cynical enough to do it, and I'm certainly not uh, not above it. Have I'm, any of uh, your friends got a huge amount of money for doing it? Uh, I think probably in their in their worlds, the money would be considered huge. Yes, 
And uh, yes, some of my friends have done stuff like that. Yeah. What particular things do they do, Peter? I was just curious. Um, I know that, uh, uh, well, for instance, Joel Plaskett uh, uh, lent a, a song of his to a Zellers campaign. And uh, we might even go back uh, to, to Sloan when they did a Labatt Blue ad campaign back in, you know, that must have been 10 years ago. But that was the first time my, uh, a friend had ever done that. So you're playing with Peter, you're, you're playing with Peter Elkis because you are Peter Elkis, but That's you're right. playing with Joel Plaskett. I'm playing with him right now as we speak. Actually, how do we know that you're Peter Elkis and not Joel Plaskett? Um, my mother's maiden name is Hayes. That seems pretty good. What's his mother's maiden name? Good question. So you could be Joel Plaskett, but you are indeed Peter Elkis. So, Peter, when Joel is playing these tunes, the Zellers commercial, are there a lot of Zellers fans in the audience when that comes up? I have to assume that there are because people seem to cheer quite loudly for that particular song. Peter. So, I don't know. And I, I know that I think he was not – I don't think he was paid in dollars, but I think he was pay, paid in club Z points. Peter, so, yeah. Baboom. Peter Elkis playing tonight at the Commodore Ballroom. Tell me about your band. Who else is in your band? Oh, I have a tremendous band, Nardwar. There's three other gentlemen in my band uh, representing all different parts of Canada. We have a bass player by the name of Doug Friesen, um, and he is from Killarney, Manitoba. Um, there is a keyboard player by the name of Jeff Hayshalt, the doctor, and he is uh, from Thunder Bay, Ontario. And uh, last but certainly not least, Gavin McGuire, the coach, who is from uh, Windsor, Ontario. What's Jeff's background, your keyboard player? Because I noticed he wears a hat, and then I was thinking, you kind of have connections to Montreal, don't you, Peter? Oh, yes. Well, I'm from Montreal. Point Claire, uh, right? That's right. So it's the suburbs of Montreal. Uh, uh, and uh, um, Jeff's background is, it was the question? Well, I guess what I think is when I think of you, Peter, I think of local rabbits and I think of Montreal. And then yes. I saw your keyboard player wearing a hat. And then I remembered the keyboard player for the Stills wore a hat. And then I remembered the keyboard player for the Stills was in that ska band, The Undercovers. It's not the same guy, but you know the guy I'm referring to, the keyboard player for the Stills that wears a hat. Uh, kind of, yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. So what's Jeff's background? He has no Montreal ska connections, does he? No, he doesn't. No, he's, he's th Thunder Bay through and through and, uh, and, um, and now lives in Toronto. We all live in Toronto. But I like the idea that, mo that a keyboard player uh, w who wears a hat must be from Montreal. I like that idea. Peter Elkis, where are you right now? I'm sitting in a hotel room at the, uh, at the Ramada in room uh, 104, uh, on uh, Granville Street in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. Wow, you're really open for the fans. Bring the party <laughs> to Peter right now. <laughs> the pre-party is happening right now for the big Joel Plaskett gig. You've been all across this mighty land, and on YouTube you have those amazing videos of you guys doing road diaries. There was that one where you were in Wawa. Could you explain to the people that maybe haven't seen that? What was that, Peter? We, we decided to pull over uh, on, on our way to... I can't remember where we were going, but we were around Wawa... And we decided, hey, why don't we pull over on the side of the road and hook up our equipment to the battery of the van and um, play for the people. So we, we filmed it and, uh, and put it up there on YouTube uh, for the people and, um, and decided that we would do it again uh, later on in the trip. And so we found the time to do it in the Rockies um, uh, near Roger, just before going up Rogers Pass uh, on our way out this way. So uh, we, what we do is I announce some tour dates there and make a little noise. 
uh, and then um, we go into a, a little bit of a tune at the end, and, and that's that's how it goes. It looks really great, and I guess I was wondering where you get the power, and you're saying you hook it up to the battery. Is that dangerous? You might drain the battery. How much power does it use? Because you guys were fully rocking there, and it was a great background with a Canadian shield. Like, you're onto something here, Peter. Are you onto something? <laughs> I hope so. I don't know. People seem to like it. Um, now I've kind of painted myself into a corner where I think I have to kind of I have to keep doing them, so I have to. I'm going to try to do at least one more on the way home because the tour is almost over. But uh, yeah, I think the the van. It's probably pretty risky. I was kind of nervous we were going to be stranded there, but but it's worth it. <laughs> that would it be interesting if you were stranded there. That would like serve you right for delving into rock and roll. Uh, <laughs> are there any people ever around when you do these things? Uh, do you make sure that nobody comes by? Has anybody seen you doing them? No, we were kind of hoping that somebody would come by and give us a hard time because it would make for better footage, but. Um, no, it was just mosquitoes pretty much both times, and there were some truckers that honked at us and must have thought we were really cool. Um, but we, um, were ho- we another plan was to set up in the West Edmonton Mall. That would have been a good one, and, and then we surely would have been approached by security, and that would have been great. But but um, no no one's been around really the, when we've made them. I just like the idea of using a generator because, like, the West Edmonton Mall, I don't know, would you bring the generator in there or would it be, like, acoustic or whatever? Like, I think uh, it's kind of cool you have the generator on the side of the road, Peter Elkus. We'd probably just drive in the van right into the mall. I think that would be the way to do it. Peter Elkis, Paul Lowenberg, the townhouse. This is incredible. Could you explain to the people about Paul Lowenberg and the townhouse? He's been going on for years. He plays in a band, The Havocs, and he also books that club, the townhouse. It's famous for, like, Stomp and Tom Connors, isn't it? Like, it's amazing, this guy. Oh, yeah. he's uh, Paul's great. He, uh, he had us play there at the townhouse on the way out here. Um, they have an incredible band room. I, have you ever stayed in that band room downstairs at the townhouse? I have indeed, actually. I think the band Plum Tree once rated them the wa- worst washrooms in all of Canada at the townhouse in Sudbury. But actually, it's pretty amazing that it's still going. It's Sudbury, Ontario, right? That's right. Yeah, it's they're pretty, it's not that bad. The washrooms aren't too bad. We do. Are you familiar with a band by the name of Two Hours Traffic? No. They're a band that are from Prince Edward Island and uh, actually have been produced by Joel Plaskett. And um, we, uh, we played with them at the townhouse and, and had a party afterwards downstairs. And uh, Alec from Two Hours Traffic began to smash bottles uh, onto the ground. Um, and there were enough battle bottles smashed by the end of it that our drummer Gavin slipped and fell into the glass and cut his, uh, his bum cheek open and had to go to the hospital. So he has like five, five stitches in his bum from that night. So I don't think Paul Lowenberg knows that, but now maybe he will. It's the townhouse in Sudbury, Ontario. How many times have you played this townhouse there, Peter Elkis? Oh, I don't know. Maybe maybe five times now or something. I can't remember anymore. Like, how many tours of Canada have you done? With the local rabbits? I think the, the local rabbits did uh, maybe 10, maybe between 10, 10 and 12. And this is my first time taking a band across uh, uh, under my own name, but um, I have come out playing solo and opening for people like Chaos and uh, and stuff like that. So I've been out here in the past few years, but this is my first one in the in the last uh, first like drive across uh, with a band in the last few years. But still, you've done many trips back and forth across Canada. What's yes, left sir. from ten years ago? That's what I was thinking. Like Paul Lowenberg from Sudbury from the yeah. townhouse. He's like, the, is he the last kind of guy that's still left doing it, still booking? Like it's amazing. He books his club all these years. He's still doing it. Like he's like still in the game. It's so awesome. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. I mean, I guess there's some people, like I would say maybe P.J. Dunphy out in Moncton is still booking shows, and he was always, he was booking pretty much the whole time I can remember ever going to 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 Moncton. So that's like a, you know at least a decade or something. But I can't really think of any other real classics 
such as Paul Lowenberg, um, the venues are, are certainly still uh, all going strong, um, and many have not been renovated in over a decade. But uh, as far as the people go, I think Paul Lowenberg might be uh, the most classic I can think of. Who still is in the game music-wise in this past 10 years? Like, who's still in the game from 10 years ago from when you're doing the local rabbiting and stuff? Like, have your old beefs gone away? Um, I don't think there were really any beefs, not to my knowledge, but... Um, are you referring to like a beef with with between the rabbits, like within the band, or with other bands, etc.? I mean, just looking at like all the time that has passed, ten years or more, in ten years, like your first release was on On Guard Records. That's true. Yeah, good, good one. Out of um, out of Montreal, run I think by Paul Gott, right from the Ripcords. That's right. That's right from and, the Ripcords. Yeah, and Rear Guard Magazine. He's still going with the Ripcords, but that label is now gone. Who are your contemporaries then, and are you still rocking out? I'm still, I mean, you know, playing with Joel Plaskett is, is in a way still playing with, with a contemporary. You know, Joel was in Thrush Hermit, and uh, they go back even longer ago than, uh, than the local rabbits. Um, I, still play, I still see Matt Murphy from the Super Friends uh, on a, you know, almost daily basis. We're quite close. We both live in Toronto. Um, uh, there's, I, I see, I know Dave Ulrich is running his label now uh, from, from the Inbreds. Dave runs Zunior, as I'm sure you know. Um, I would mention the Rio Statics. We went to their last show, though. Now they've 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 called it quits. They did their last show at Massey Hall uh, about a, you know maybe two months ago. Now, did they invite you on stage? Because that's how you actually got on stage in the first place. You were invited well, on stage, right? That's that's right. Yeah, but it, it was um, I was I probably had just learned to chord the guitar, but um, they did have us up to play uh, their record body count, which was their sort of hit at the time, and they allowed the local rabbits to go on and do that as their encore. Um, which was really generous, uh, as they always were with their time. Uh, but uh, they they did, they not at Massey Hall, but they played at the legendary Horseshoe Tavern in Toronto the night before. And Ben Gunning and I uh, got on stage and, and played uh, some crazy guitars uh, with the Rios the night before their final show. So we considered that to be quite a, quite a treat. Uh, so you did. That's great. That really yeah, comes full awesome. circle there. Totally, yeah. What are those guys going to do now? Are they going to do any more rocking and rolling? Is Dave Bedini going to do any banding? Who are you friends with? Was it Dave? Who invited you up? Was it Dave? Uh, it was Dave. I think it was Dave Clark and Dave Bedini. They were all so, so nice with us. Like, uh, everyone seemed to take a liking to our knuckleheadedness. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, Martin has always been great. Everyone is awesome. So, um, uh, I think, what are they going to do now? I'm not sure. I mean, uh, I imagine they'll do a number of projects before they get back together. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm curious. I, I know Dave has been working on something, um, some recordings, and even my bass player, Doug, has uh, helped him out with it. Uh, so I'm sure they're all going to stay creative in one way or another. But I, I, hope, I, I secretly hope the Rios, uh, you know, never die. Peter Ilk is playing tonight at the Commodore Ballroom with Joel Plaskett. On your first EP, the On Guard one, you thank the Zit Remedy from Degrassi <laughs> High. Yeah. So well, I was wondering, after thanking the Zit Remedy, have you lived the Zit Remedy? Have you encountered the, what Degrassi hires have you encountered all these years? You know what? Many of them, many, many of them, uh, in different scenarios. I remember, I can remember now going back to the very first show the local rabbits ever played in Toronto, Ontario, at uh, at uh, Sneaky D's. We played with Thrush Hermit. I was 17 years old. I had just gotten my driver's license, and um, Snake. Uh, was downstairs in the restaurant, and our friend Tim, who had accompanied us on the trip, um, asked him to get up and sing with us, and he joined us on stage, and we sang the song Everybody Wants Something, which by the Zit Remedy. So that was uh, that might be very well why we thanked uh, 
the zit remedy on that first EP. But that goes back many years. It's uh, it's uh, uh, almost 15 years ago now. What other Degrassi kids have you encountered? Because that's amazing. Like playing that tune. Everybody growing up wants to play that tune. That's awesome. Like right off the bat, you nailed it. Like where do you go from there? I know exactly. I mean, where did we? We only went down. There was only only down to go from there. What other Degrassiers did you encounter there, Peter okay, Elkins? Here, I'll give you two more. Okay. Uh, well, one is, uh, and this is during the height of Degrassi. Uh, ben Gunning and I actually encountered uh, Pat Mastriani, who played Joey Jeremiah, <clears throat> um, uh, at uh, at a mall called Fairview Mall in Point Claire, Quebec. Uh, he was signing autographs, and uh, we stood in line and got his autograph. So that was, uh, I remember that being a real treat at the time. And then many, many years later, I was visiting Toronto before I lived there and went to a restaurant with with a girlfriend and her father, and I was meeting her father for the first time, and the server kept coming over, and he looked like a big wrestler. Like, he looked very kind of intimidating. And then as he kept coming to the table, I kept thinking, who is that guy? And I knew who he was, and then I finally asked him, is it okay to talk about Degrassi? And he said, yeah, I guess so. And it ended up being, um, oh, what was his name? The guy who was the brother of Caitlin on the show. He was like a little guy. It was him and Yick. There was the, you know, they were buddies. Yes, I think so. What's his name? What was his name? It was, uh, shoot. I'm not sure. We'll have to invite, uh, we'll have to invite listeners to phone in 604-822-247-UBC-CIT. Yeah. If you can name, what was it again? What are we looking for, Peter? The... He's, he's the friend of Yick, and he's the brother of, uh, of no, I think the brother of Stephanie Kay or Caitlin. I can't remember now. I, I'm, I'm really blocking it. But him and, he and Yick were a pair. They were inseparable he was the guy, but he grew up to look like a like a, a, a pro wrestler, and uh, which, if if anyone uh, knows who I'm referring to, that it's a very odd thing that he would grow up to look that way. And he was cool to talk about the Degrassi stuff, though. He was, but he wasn't. I mean, he could tell that I kept seeing, recognizing him, and then uh, and then finally he finally he said it was okay, and and uh, and chatted for a little bit. I can't remember what what he what his comments were, but uh, but that was kind of cool. And I'll see, you know, you'll see Lucy around uh, Toronto, and and. Um, they're, they're, all, they're all buzzing around, you know? Even wheels. Uh, just like Peter Elkis is buzzing right. tonight at the Commodore Ballroom with Joel Plaskett. Peter, the rest of the local rabbits, which local rabbit is in the band The Mongrels? Isn't there a band called The Mongrels that opened for Blue Cheer? Like, I saw that somewhere, that The Mongrels opened for Blue Cheer. Is that a local rabbit connection? That's right. That's Jason Tustin, the drummer. Um, the Mongrels have two drummers, and he's one of them. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't know that they opened for Blue Cheer. Jeez, I, I uh, obviously should keep in touch a little bit more with him. But, um, yeah, he's still rocking. And then there is uh, Ryan Mitral, who is also known as Johnny Starr um, to some people. And he was the bass player of the local rabbits, and he has a, an outfit called Top Brass, which is kind of like a – I think you'd like it in Nardware. It's pretty cool. It's pretty uh, – it's kind of like metal. Um, it's weird. It's like heavy metal mixed with almost like Almond Brothers or something. And then Ryan just kind of screams uh, lyrics such as "We're going to burn in hell," uh, which is my favorite track that I've heard. So Where is far. he based out of? Is this Montreal or yeah. Toronto? No, he's in Montreal. He and T- and Tustin are in Montreal, and then Ben Gunning is in Toronto, and so am I. And what is and Ben doing? Ben is is actively uh, uh, playing and writing, and and uh, his playing is 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 just gone through the roof. And his composition, he's really on another level right now. I mean. I would say that it's not uh, as commercial what he's doing, but it's very, very interesting. And, and he plays with different musicians, and uh, he's, he's really doing well. Um, he's a family man now, too. He is, uh, has a baby and a wife and a home and all this stuff, and um, doing really well. So I see him quite often. 
Point Claire, Quebec. What was Point Claire like? I also found out that Alex Burroughs from the Vancouver Canucks, a hockey player, came from Point Claire, Quebec. Have any other hockey players come from Point Claire? Do you know Alex Burroughs from the Vancouver Canucks? I don't know Alex Burroughs. Um, my, my hockey knowledge is fairly embarrassing, especially for someone from Quebec. Uh, I, knew, I can think of athletes such as Bob Ganey, uh, who lived on my street growing up, although I grew up in Kirkland, which is a stone's throw, a different municipality suburb of Montreal, just right next to uh, Point Claire. Oh, we finally learn now. Wow. Yeah. It's taken yeah, no. all this time. Well, I mean, the band really was from Point Claire because we all went to school in Point Claire and the rest of the guys all lived in Point Claire. So, you know, I just, I lived just outside um, in a far more boring community called Kirkland, but which I still love. Um, and, and Point Claire was like, uh, it's kind of older. There's a water, beautiful waterfront. It's very kind of cottagey sort of looking houses. There was uh, the Point Claire Village, which contained a bar, a classic bar called the Pioneer, which became Clyde's, which is, uh, you know, a classic place where a lot of cover bands would play, and, and uh, we would always go and have a good time. It's, it has very many nice memories, Point Claire. We played our first gig ever. I played bongos and harmonica with Ben playing the electric guitar through a small amp on, uh, on, uh, on Point Claire, uh, no, on the Lakeshore Avenue in Point Claire Village in front of a little store called Annie and Sue, and a lady came out and told us to shut up. Uh, and uh, it was great. I, I can still remember that. I must have been 14. How about studios and stuff? Did you ever make it to Le Studio, the famous studio that I think that Rush recorded at? I never made it to Le Studio. I, is it still going, Le Studio? I know? think it got disbanded. I was just curious if you might have gone there or heard about bands recording there at all. You know, Le Studio, where Rush hung out. Yeah, and the police, too. They did synchronicity there. But uh, no, I don't know. I never went there. That's closer to Morin Heights. It's just outside of Montreal. But... What else? I, other studios? I mean, we always recorded in really nice places that would end up closing down because they couldn't get any clients. But, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, the list studio, I never got up there. Did some interesting gear. Now, for your new CD, Peter, Wall yep. of Fire, where did you record that? that was, down in, was that down in Nashville? No, no, no. Um, the reason you ask that is because we were, worked with uh, Charlie Sexton produced their, uh, to produce the album, and he's out of Austin, uh, Texas. And... Uh, but, and we did do some of the recording down in Austin at his house and some mixing down there for a couple of weeks. But uh, prior to that, we worked in Toronto at a studio called Monumental Sound uh, run by a really nice guy named Joe Dunphy. And that studio actually closed right after we finished recording the bed tracks as well. So he, Charlie Sexton came up to uh, Toronto for a couple of weeks, and then we went, uh, we went back down to Austin, and, uh, and, or I did. The band stayed up here but because I just had to do a few overdubs and things. But um, uh, it was quite an experience. What a really great guy to work with. What sort of gear does Charlie Sexton have in his studio? Oh, my gosh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, he has a couple of... In his studio in his home, I mean, he has the compressors and things like that. Do your, do your listeners, are they such gearheads, Nardwar, that they would care about such things? Oh, I think so, yes. <laughs> I'm always curious about it myself, too. Like, for instance, did he have some interesting old amps there? Just all the neat stuff that he might have accumulated. Yeah, he has quite a guitar collection. He really does. Uh, and he has, uh, I mean, any amp you can name. Uh, there's, there's a lot, like a giant locker full of things. Um, but when he came to... Toronto to record, he only brought a couple of instruments with him, uh, and it was funny because he found himself at a loss for any kind of percussion. He ended up playing uh, like a second drum kit on a lot of the album, or most of it, really, and then he was looking for something, so he went to Canadian Tire and bought a metal trash can and turned it over and played it kind of almost like a tabla, and it sounds 
sounds very lovely on the recording actually he's a very musical guy and and he he liked it so much that he had it sent back down to austin the this the uh the metal trash can from canadian tire wow we were mentioning zellers earlier maybe there's a calling for you now peter elkis <laughs> canadian tire and peter elkis that seems kind of would work properly that's kind of the way it is isn't it because like you know joel plaskett the flashy joel plaskett shops at gel at zellers for his clothing <laughs> where you shop at canadian tire for like the hard canadian heartland generators the yeah, power exactly. of your youtube announcements exactly exactly yeah peter elk is playing tonight at the commodore ballroom with joel plaskett i like your font what font is that on your cd what it font is, called, is that it's called benjamin franklin it's very nice and looking <laughs> at, into your cd who is andrea heldman <laughs> uh she's she's someone i barely know she's a a makeup artist i guess or something yeah she's a makeup artist yeah Incredible! You list the makeup artist on the Isn't CD. That silly! I don't. Know. I did that. I don't know why. I uh, she was a very lovely lady, but I don't know why I put that there. That's kind of funny. I guess well, it's I, great. Everybody deserves credit, but I think this is taking it to another level, there, Peter. <laughs> you know, putting well, the makeup artist down. Yeah. yeah a I few years know. ago, people may not have believed you if you'd be <laughs> saying something like that. Can we believe you? You really had hair and makeup for this. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, uh, someone was there to kind of make sure that. You know, I didn't have boogers on my nose, and that's basically what happened. So uh, they, that's the title that, that that particular person has. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's why she's on there. And speaking of women, what happened with Nancy? There's a song called Nancy, or Nancy, Sweet Nancy, Sweet mentioned Nancy, on a yeah. CD, and she doesn't even get a guitar solo in this tune. <laughs> There's, like, only a harmonica solo. I mean, what, yeah. what happened? That sounds like there are some pretty rough things going on there. Yeah, Nancy and I just, I mean, it was never going to happen, you know. Um, uh, it's pretty funny because Nancy is not a real person. Um, the song is about somebody else, but there was uh, a friend, the, guy, the, guys, <clears throat> the guys in the band, Gavin and Jeff, the, the drummer and the keyboard player, they had a friend who, who had a friend that he would bring to a show and he who was, introduced them as Sweet Nancy. And that always cracked me up for some reason. And the way he would say it, he'd be like, oh, this is my friend Sweet Nancy. And uh, they're from this part of the world, actually. And so I've never had the pleasure of meeting Sweet Nancy, but that name uh, just made me giggle so much that I thought I would use it as a character in, in the song. So, uh, but yeah, the, you, I mean, I mean, you know, I don't know. I'd love to meet her. And and uh, and uh, anyway, that's that. That's, what that's do you think about that premise, or Peter Elkis? That she doesn't even get or deserve a guitar solo. Like in your songs, you talk about <laughs> developing characters. Do some characters get a guitar solo? Like some obviously get a Is a guitar solo better than getting a harmonica solo? Because that's what I was singing. Like she didn't even get a guitar because I was ready for some you know, ripping guitar. And, and there's a harmonica coming. And no offense gets a harmonica, but... Do you feel that like if if it's a better song or the person you like more, they're going to get a guitar solo? No, I think a harmonica solo is more intimate because you play it with your mouth. <laughs> Boom! Peter Elkis <laughs> live on an Ardwarty Human Survey Radio Show, playing tonight with Joel Plaskett at the Commodore Ballroom. Speaking of women and such, Nico Case, have you seen her recently at all? Oh, I haven't seen Nico in a really long time. I, I would I would love to see Nico. Uh, it's been a while. I, I just went to, as a fan to see her perform at the Phoenix in Toronto. It's already like three or four years ago. It was right when I moved there. So, um, and uh, she's doing great. I mean, I'm always, you know, keeping 
keeping an eye on what you could have seen her last night i think on conan o'brien oh really when she was singing backups with kelly hogan to jim james of my morning jacket oh wow that's great so she was i didn't know that so she was kind of on conan not necessarily as herself or not with the new pornographers but doing some my morning jacket action but i asked this because i think it's amazing looking back that you were nico case's backing band on lilith fair like pete was part of lilith fair yeah, that was weird. How many I dates mean, was that? Was that just Vancouver? How many dates was no, that? No, I think there was five dates of Lilith Fair. We did, like, Denver and, like, Minneapolis and stuff. And um, I hope she enjoyed that because I don't know that a lot of people thought we really fit too well as her band. But I know we had a good time um, with a lot of jokes going on. And and, uh, and and we did a whole other, like, there was the Lilith Fair dates, but we went all across the south southern states. There was a, We actually got to share to play the same stage as the Doobie Brothers and Booker T and the MGs, too. Like immediately, you know, prior to those bands. So that was, I don't think she was very happy, but I know the Rabbits were happy. About ben would have loved that, right? Oh, he sure, we were all tickled pink for sure. And that Lilith Fair date that you guys were doing, you guys were like the all male backup band. It was mm-hmm. mostly males on Lilith Fair, wasn't it? Yeah, were a lot of the backup bands guys, right? Yeah, I think there were a lot of dudes backing up ladies on that. If memory serves, a lot of guys hanging around. Yeah. Peter Elk is playing tonight in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Your manager, Larry, is the Katie Lang guy. That's right. He discovered Katie Lang. Yeah. He discovered right. Peter Elkis. Uh, yeah. I, I, hopefully it works out. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, he, he discovered her back when she was Kathy Lang. I, I, I've seen tapes on his, on his shelf that say Kathy Lang on them. It's kind of funny. But, yeah, that's him. I mean, uh, he's, he's awesome. He's awesome. If it wasn't for Larry, I'd be up... Uh, uh, Pooh's Creek or something. I don't know. How did he discover you? Uh, he came to a show and uh, I think he liked uh, he liked my haircut and decided that um, that we could work together. No, he, I mean he came to watch. He liked the old. haircut, so then he hired hair and makeup <laughs> wardrobe by Andrea Heldman, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What sort of ideas does Larry have as a manager? Um, uh, well. I mean, I could I could come up with some jokes here and 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 fake and, and fake this question, but uh, Larry's just he really has good taste in music, and uh, and uh, I think he likes he likes songs and he likes a couple of my songs, and I think he really wants to to help me build a, something that's you know pretty slow, not the kind of thing that's uh, going to be. Uh, I don't think I do the kind of thing that's going to be an overnight success anyway. But um, just to, to be able to have a, a career doing something, I, I guess he, he, he enjoys, you know. So um, it's kind of cool. It's a cool partnership. I, I like it because uh, I trust what he thinks, and I know I like his taste, and I know he would never, like, hang me out to dry, and it's, it's fun. It's great to have a good, good manager, you know. It's, uh, it, it can really help you get move, moving things forward because they know things that you, you have no, no idea about, you know. So it's, I, I like it a lot. I like, I like working with Larry. Well, I guess what I was curious about was on your MySpace page, there's a little part there where it says, Request Fall Apart. Yes. That's your new single off your brand new CD, Wall of Fire. Peter Elkis, we're speaking to on an Ardwardy Human Survey Radio Show. And it lists all the stations that people that are your fans should request Fall Apart again. And yes. all the stations all seem to have the same sort of names there, Peter. Like Light FM, Easy Rock. Silk FM, QM FM in Vancouver as well. It doesn't seem to be any rock stations. Have you given up on rock? How come it doesn't say phone in and request it on CFNY? Like it, all these like light stations. Are you having any success with these light stations? What was the reasoning behind that? 
I think because I'm a yacht rocker at this point. So um, I don't know. I like the easy. I like the easy. The idea that that people that easy rock stations would play uh, play that particular song. It's kind of in between though. It's not really. I would never fit on CFNY or that kind of that kind of stuff. Like in the classic rock stations. I don't know. Maybe there's other tracks on the record that would, but. Um, I kind of like the idea that that Fall Apart Again would be considered like an easy rock song. I, I really, uh, I, I come from that kind of music, and and, uh, and it would be fun to to have something on the. It's easy genius. Rock I think it's genius looking at that because you look at all the bands and they're trying to you know have their stuff promoted. It is all the modern rock stations, college rock stations, and it's none of it. Like you were completely the opposite. Light FM, easy rock, Silk FM. That's yeah. just classic. Well, yeah. Well, you mean you have to have a an understanding of. of who, who's really going to like your stuff, you know? So um, that's probably what that's about. Well, thanks so much for phoning into the Nardboard of Human Serviette radio show here today, Peter Elkis. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Uh, just that I, it's, I'm really happy to talk to you, Nardboard. It's been a really long time, and uh, I always uh, admire everything you do, and, and, uh, and I was really thrilled to hear that we were, we were going to chat today. So thanks very much for, for letting me call in. Well, it's great to talk to you, and thank you for the kind words. And I wanted to end the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show interview with Peter Elkis here with the song that got me reinvigorated with the local rabbits. British Knights Coalition. What can you tell the people about this song coming up, uh, Peter? Yes. This is a very. And are you opera. singing this song? Are you no, singing? No, no, Ben Gunning wrote and sings this song, this particular song. I think I helped him out with the bridge, a little bit in terms of. And the... what a bridge it is, eh? Ah, uh, ah, uh, it's a good, it's a good one. Um, it's a song about heavy metalers reuniting, all uniting to uh, defeat, um, um, uh, uh, I guess, glam rockers. Back in the time when the song was written, this had a little more relevance. But um, the idea also that, that heavy metal rockers wear those British nice sneakers. Right. So they idea is stomp your BKs down and take a stance. So that's what it is. It's got, it's got a great uh, uh, guitar solo in it, I think, somewhere. I think there's a guitar mini in there somewhere. Well, thanks so much, Peter Elkis. Keep on rocking in the free world and doot-doot-a-loot-doo. Doot-doot.
Mister? White heather for the lady? Six. White heather, mister? White heather for the lady? for triangles, full of continental crispness. That special continental crispness that comes only from Vienna. Remember Vienna with chocolate Vienna. You remembered Vienna today. Tastiest thing on toast at any time. You are cheese, your chicken, your ham, your turkey, you're made by Heinz. You're sublime, your toast was made for. You're divine, what the family craved for. You're all the things on top of toast we like. And when toast is on the bottom, you're the tops. Getting a new hive, a new high performance. Four, five, four, five, seven. 